Welcome to Moments with Marianne. I'm so delighted we're spending this time here today. We have a very inspiring show coming right up with special guest, Dr. Paria Hasori, and she's here today to share with us her new book, Found in Transition, A Mother's Evolution During Her Child's Gender Change. Now, Paria is a mother of three and a pediatrician practicing in Los Angeles. She's also a marathoner, transgender rights activist, storyteller, and avid reader. She is a proud Iranian-American and spent most of her formative years in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Her personal essays have been published in the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, the Huffington Post, Women's Running Magazine, Kevin, M.D., and Grown and Flown. So let's welcome to the show, Dr. Paria Hasori. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. You know, what an honor it is to have you here and to talk about this book. I'm sure there are so many people out there going, gosh, I wish I had this book 10, 20, 30 years ago, you know, when, when just as life has been changing, transitions have been happening. I, I think that you know, people are waiting for this type of book. Yeah. I mean, even just three years ago when I, when I myself needed this book, I couldn't find exactly this book. I could, I could find some other things, but not really this book, which is why I decided to go ahead and share our story and and write it. And um, every day we hear uh, about more teens and young adults coming out as trans and we hear about more and more families who are grappling with the same scenario. And so I'm happy to be able to add to the narrative and stories out there. And um, hopefully that will help people who need to read it. Hear it. Well, so why don't you share with us a little bit about the title? You know, what drew you to title your book Found in Transition? Well, so found in, it's found in transition, a mother's evolution during her daughter's um, gender change. And it's really more my story and what I went through and how I evolved uh, from the time my daughter first it came out to us to um, when she uh, kind of proceeded through social and some medical transition um, and then a legal name and gender change. And it's really about how I evolved during this process. And I really found, I found myself during this time as well. Uh, I had my own issues that I was dealing with, um, some issues of, you know, underlying insecurity and um, need to prove myself self-worth for many years. And sort of as I went through this process of transition with her and saw how strong and incredibly brave she was, I had to also face my own insecurities from the, from the past and find myself in the process. Um, so that was sort of part of um, why I chose Found in Transition. And it was also a little bit of a play on Lost in Translation. Um, and so it just it kind of just spoke to me. <laughs> Another title I had considered was Family in Transition because this was really um, a process for our entire family, but, um, 
but at the end, it's mainly my story and my daughter's story. So found in transition seemed more appropriate. Well, you're such a beautiful writer. I mean, I love how you just poured your story out into this book. What made you decide that now is the time to share this story? Because it's it, it could be very personal. Yeah, I think when... So my daughter's uh, came out to us as transgender when she was 13 and a half. And when she came out to us, we were completely blindsided. We didn't think that there were any signs in her childhood that she might be trans. And so when she first came out to us, we didn't believe her. And we sort of had this time of denial and delay in her care because we thought that she was doing it just to get attention. Um, And the main reason for that was that most of the stories about trans people in the media um, still now and when she came out a few years ago were about kids who, people who present in childhood or people who, even if they don't come out until later say that they always knew, but they hid it. But in, in my daughter's case, she didn't present in childhood and she, uh, she maintains that she herself really never thought that she might be trans until around age 12 to 13 is when she started to think about it. And so when she, when she came out and I hadn't heard stories about her, about people who present like her, you know, I thought that she had to be wrong and she had to be just a confused teenager and that this couldn't be right. And I went looking for stories like hers and I really didn't, didn't find them. I found books written by um, trans people who had always known they were trans from early childhood, from three, four years old. I found books written by parents of kids who presented very early, but I didn't find a story um, of a child written, you know, by a parent of a child who came out later. Um, And so, so then I just, I felt it was important to tell our story because I thought that if I had heard a story like ours, I would have been more likely to be open and listen to her and believe her rather than be um, in denial and not accept it and and that therefore cause you know a six to nine month delay in her uh, in her process of medical transition and and when we're talking about sort of peak puberty time i mean you know it's it, six to nine month delay doesn't sound like a lot maybe to an outsider but for a child who's in the peak of going through puberty and is born um you know with male genitalia and is having testosterone, you know, raging through during puberty, that's a six to nine month period where a lot of masculinization of the body happens uh, that then had to be, you know, reversed and undone and some of it can't be undone. So, you know, it wasn't so much like, okay, well, we were six to nine months late, but then we accepted her and and everything was fine. Um, It's that a lot of masculinization of her body happened during that time that didn't need to happen. And and if it hadn't happened, it would have made her, her subsequent um, life easier for sure. Do you feel a lot of families kind of go through that, you know, period of time where they're trying to 
decide whether or not this is something that's really happening or trying to understand it. So that way that they can move forward. And do you feel like your story will help people who are in that space? Uh, Absolutely. I think um, there are so many parents. So now I'm in a support group with, um, I think there's like a thousand, you know, trans families in the support group that, that I'm in. And, you know, every month um, new families come and there are so many, you know, I thought that our story was a little unusual or, or unique and it's not unusual or unique at all. And every month I'm meeting new families um, who are, whose children come out, you know, either in their teens or, um, young adulthood, and the parents had no idea, and they're completely bewildered and in shock. And because it seems like it came out of the blue, they don't know what to do. Um, and they similarly feel like they haven't sto- heard stories like this. And, you know, they just, it's so hard to make decisions when you're not sure. Um, if what your child is telling you is true or not true or a phase. And so I think the more you hear stories that this is a way that being trans can present, then you've, you've already been exposed to that and you know that. And so if it were to happen for your child or your niece or nephew or, you know, a child's friend, you, you've heard it, it's familiar. And so you can accept it sooner. Um, so I definitely think it can, it can help and it's really needed. Well, I would assume that it takes a lot of courage to come out and probably thinking about the right time and the right place and, and when to address this with a family. So of course you would think that, gosh, you know, there may not really, you know, if a child is, discovering that as they develop and become a little older, that it may not be something that actually comes out immediately where family know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how would you say that this experience has changed you personally? I know we went over some things, but also your family. Um, I think that, so I, when she came out, I thought that this was, the worst or one of the worst things that could possibly happen to me. Um, And it has actually been the single thing that has, it's, it's been the most uh, eye opening experience of my life. It's been very enriching. Um, It has brought people into my life that I would not have otherwise met it has made me develop an interest um, in trans care and learning about, uh, I'm also a pediatrician, learning about trans care um, and potentially doing trans care uh, myself someday. Um, it has really shifted me into more being more of an activist. Uh, so I think those are, those are all ways that I've, changed. Um, And also I've just, it's really made me realize what's important in life, what to, what to, what I should prioritize, Um, you know, her, and then her bravery has made me realize um, how much 
fear I had in my life um, and how, you know, fear had held me back um, from so much in my life. Um, and so it's really just, it's really just complete, completely changed um, how I think about things and approach things and in, enriched my life in, in ways I would have never expected. And, and this was something that, you know, when she first came out, I thought, I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to recover from this. I'm never going to stop crying. Um, and now I realize what an enriching experience it has been for all of us to witness the change in her. Um, and just to see how much your, how much your heart can expand, how much your mind can expand. Um, once you are open and receptive and approaching it with love instead of with fear. Do you feel that most families go through this type of range of emotion, finding out, and then, you know, I, I wouldn't say dealing with it, but you're really kind of coming up with solutions as a family? Yeah, I think, I think it depends on when the, um, when the person presents. So for, for kids who present starting when they're, you know, three and four years old, um, saying that they, you know, you know, if it's, you know, somebody who's born designated male at birth and, you know, saying that they want to, you know, wear dresses or, you know, play with dolls or, or it's just flat out saying I'm a girl. Um, you, I think for the parents who are seeing it and their kids from when they're three, four years old, and they've sort of always known it's a different process um, than for parents whose kids are older, um, like puberty and beyond, where they're just where they didn't know and there weren't signs and they're sort of just thrown into it. Um, because I think when a child presents younger, um, you've, you've sort of seen it all along and then it slowly progresses and you don't really need to, you're not making medical decisions until a child uh, hits puberty at the earliest. Before that, you're really just making more social decisions and letting the child just explore who they are. Um, and, and so you're not hit with it all at once in the same way. But I think for, for parents whose kids don't have signs when they're younger, and they're coming out later, um, at a point where you're suddenly thinking about everything, social, medical, legal, <laughs> you know, um, issues, it's, it's a lot all at once. And I think they do go through these stages of, you know, denial and anger and grief and acceptance and, you know, and, and moving forward and, and going back and forth through these phases, you know, phases simultaneously. Um, and, and also periodically, you know, even when you get to the part of acceptance and moving on, um, the, the grief sometimes periodically comes back in, in little waves as well, because you've, you've had this image of what you thought your child was going to be. Um, and, and now that's not the case. Um, and as much as you accept it and you, you know, move on from it, um, sometimes you can't help, but, uh, recall some of sort of what you had hoped for your child and, and still periodically um, allow your space to yourself, the space to grieve that uh, while still, you know, moving on and supporting your child. 
Oh my goodness. I think that that is a perfect way to just view everything because I mean, as people are honestly going through their emotions, uh, unpacking maybe the hopes and dreams that they have for their child, not really realizing that, you know, they have a whole new set of hope and dreams that could be there. Right. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, there is a whole, and, and the other thing is, you know, I think to think that we, I think when your child comes out as trans, you assume that, oh, their life is definitely, it's going to be, or at least let me say I assumed <laughs> that their, her life is going to be worse. It's going to be harder. She's not going to get as good of a job. We're doomed. I mean, I had all this doom and gloom <laughs> mentality w- when she came out. Um, and, you know, they are going to have a different life than what you thought. But it's not necessarily, there. there's going to be challenges but it's not necessarily worse challenges than somebody else uh, might have, you know, might have had. Um, and to, I've had to really learn to be optimistic about her future rather than be pessimistic about her future. Um, and because, and, and part of what gives me the optimism is that, you know, once this all happened and we became involved with the trans community, we met the most incredible people. Um, And so at the minimum, our lives are going to have this incredible community of activist families in them. And and for her, you know, she's made some friends in the community um, and who are just, you know, incredibly strong, brave people. And so I, you know, her life is not, her life is going to be wonderful and, and great. You know, um, it's not necessary. It doesn't necessarily have to be harder or, or worse. Her life could actually be better because of this, because she could potentially be surrounded with a whole group of people she wouldn't have otherwise known. She can, um, she could potentially be, you know, a trail blazer and make a big difference or, or she could choose not to be, she could just, you know, live her, you know, life, you know, quietly and, uh, and, you know, um, succeed in you know, whatever ways, you know, she wants. But I think this, I have this assumption that, oh, she's going to have this hard, bad, you know, life. And that that's not the case at all. And so I absolutely, right now, I have no question that she has a very bright, successful future in front of her. Um, And I think really when we support trans kids and young adults, um, there are no limits to what they can do. Uh, If if we as a community um, all embrace them, just like we would embrace any other child or young adult. Do you feel that maybe this negativity that you know, um, like that you went through and maybe other families go through is just their own fears that are kind of piling up and they're not quite sure what, what, you know, their child's future is going to look like because now it's so different. Yeah, I I think it is, you know, for for me, I mean, part of my fear was, you know, I grew up as a Iranian American immigrant. um, So sort of a, a, I was like a brown skinned person and a, predominantly white neighborhood and I had some bullying and I, you know, often felt like an outsider. And so, you know, when you grow up as an outsider yourself, 
sort of the last thing you want is to think that, oh, now your child is going to be the, the, out, the ultimate outsider. So for me, a lot of the fear was because of my own personal experience. Um, for many other parents, a lot of their fear about their kids um, is because, you know, the media for years has not presented trans people in a positive light. Um, they've really highlighted a lot of negative things about being trans um, rather than highlighting all the positive things um, that trans people uh, are doing and all the successful trans people, you know, who, who are um, out there. I think um, that is shifting just a little bit finally in the last year or two. Um, but if you have, if you have your whole life, you're only, idea of trans people has been negative images that you've been bombarded with in the media, then you can't help but if when your child comes out, be be afraid for them. Um, I think there's there's a statistics that that um, only 80 uh, that 80% of Americans have never met a trans person that they know of or, you know, don't have a trans person that they're close to. So, you know, only 20% of Americans have um, met uh, a trans person or have, you know, some sort of relationship with one. So the unknown is always, so if, if, if it's, you know, unknown and the only thing you know is negative, uh, you know, through negative media, then you can't help but have fear and then dump that fear on your child and say, no, 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 this is the last thing I want for my child. So it's really up to, you know, we really need to change the narrative out there um, so that people know you, this is just another, you know, some, this is how some people are <laughs> and that it's not a bad thing. Um, and, um, and hopefully, you know, sort of open everybody's uh, mind. And so, you know, if, if more people know of trans people and trans stories that are positive, then, you know, if their child comes out, it's, it's not automatically going to be, oh, this is so, this is going to be terrible for my kid. Yeah, I, I felt your book found in transition, really helped to shine the light on the positive and possibilities that, you know, are with the trans community and, and people who are coming out and, and sharing that they're trans. When you look through everything that you've been through, what would you say were some of the greatest lessons you learned from this process? I think the, the greatest lessons I've learned are, you know, one is that um, the being you know, be an optimist for your child. Don't be a pessimist. <laughs> um, that That's definitely one of them. Um, the other one is that not every trans person presents in the same way, at the same age. Um, not every trans person wants to, you know, wants to necessarily medically transition, you know, there isn't one single formula um, for how trans people present um, and how they choose to transition or, or not. Um, And, you know, I think just also to 
you make sure that you are parenting with love um, rather than through a cloud of fear. Um, I think that's, um, that's really been the most important for me is to put fear aside um, and put what the outside world, you know, is telling me aside and, and look at my child and say, what's my child saying that she needs from me today? How can I parent her with, with love and make decisions based on love instead of fear? I love that. I think if any parent took that advice, they would have happy, healthy children, you know, regardless if they're trans, not trans, whatever, you know, they'd be happy. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Was it difficult to, you know, have this discussion with your extended family? You know, surprisingly, I was so worried about having it with my parents. Um, And surprisingly, the discussion with my, and mainly with my mom, (laughs) Um, and surprisingly, my discussion with her went really well. I think she was the person I was most afraid of telling. And when I told, and I told her over the phone, and as soon as I told her, she said, okay, you know, um, we're going to figure this out. Don't, don't worry. Don't, you know, don't be, don't stress. It's going to be okay. And I actually repeated it. So, cause I was like, maybe she didn't understand what I said. So I said, you know, mom, you know, yeah, uh, you know, she's, you know, and at that time I was still using male pronouns for her, for her. So I was like, mom, he says that he thinks he's a girl. This isn't about being gay or straight. He says he thinks he's a girl. He wants to wear makeup to school. He wants to wear dresses. This isn't about sexuality. <laughs> you know, I wanted to make sure she understood. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she said, yeah, okay. All right. Don't like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. Like she didn't know, but you know, she just kept saying it's going to be okay. And I don't want you to be stressed we're, we're going to figure this out. And she didn't say, no, that's impossible. Um, I, I'm, sh- I'm sure that she also um, was thinking that this is probably just a phase and she's, she's just confused and she doesn't know what she wants. But her immediate answer to me wasn't, this is impossible. You know, this is just confusion. This will pass. Her immediate answer was like, okay, we're going to figure this out. Don't worry about it. And once I told her and her reaction was accepting, I really didn't care about anybody else in the world and, and what they thought. It was like, and that's part of what makes me sad um, is that, you know, when I told my mom and my mom said, it's okay, it was such a sense of relief for me. Um, yet when my own daughter came and told me, I immediately told her no. Um, And I wasn't able to, you know, she told me her biggest secret that she had to tell me. And my immediate reaction was, no, you don't know what you're talking about. And I couldn't, I didn't give her what, you know, my mother um, gave me. That's really one of my um, biggest regrets. But, but yeah, once, once I told my mom and she was okay, I really didn't care about how anybody else would react. Um, I mean, I was fortunate. My sisters were very accepting. I don't think, 
I don't think none of us saw this coming. So it wasn't like I was the only one who was clueless and there were signs. I mean, none of my um, friends who had, um, you know, seen her through her whole life had seen it coming. My sisters are both very involved with her. They hadn't seen it coming. Um, my husband's siblings, very involved with her, but, um, but nobody, uh, nobody said, oh, this is like a terrible thing. Um, I think everybody thought, okay, this must be a phase. This can't be right, but we'll, we're here for you and we'll figure this out. And then as time went on and it was, it was clear that this isn't a phase and you can't really ignore it anymore, everybody you know, accepted and embraced her. So we were very fortunate um, in, that, in that way because that is not, unfortunately, that is not uh, the experience for, for a lot of other families. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, your mom is all about love is love, you know, and you've got to love that. (laughs) But, you know, how does your daughter feel about that initial conversation she had with you today? She looked back at it and you guys laugh. I mean, how does, how does she feel about it? Yeah, we we definitely don't laugh. (laughs) So she, um, I think she, I think she understands sort of where um, where it came from. I think we've moved so far from it and we have such a great relationship right now and we're so close um, that she, you know, she forgives it. I think I need to forgive myself for it. I still haven't fully forgiven myself for it, but I think she has long forgiven me for it. Um, so, and, and um, yeah, so she's, I guess she's pretty, she's pretty incredible in that way. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure she's very proud of you as well, because not only have you worked through this as a family and, you know, really come to understand what this is all about and help other families and other people shine the light on what trans, you know, transgender life is like and what to expect and some of the ups and downs, but you've really become such an advocate for it. She's got to be so proud of you. Yeah, I think she is really, I think she is really proud of the advocacy. Um, she's herself is very outspoken as well. And, um, she, she's, she's definitely proud of the advocacy. I mean, obviously I had to get her okay to write, write the book and she was okay with me writing the book. I had to, you know, I sort of went through what was going to be included and what wasn't going to be included and what pictures were going to be included. Um, and so, and she, she is proud of me. Um, she definitely wants, does, wants to do her part to make things easier for, you know, the next child who, who comes out, um, as well. And so, um, yeah. And I'm pretty proud of her because she, she does a lot of her own, um, activism, uh, as well, particularly in, in her school. She was the first, um, person who openly trans student at her high school. Um, and she has, the high school has had to make multiple changes uh, for her to accommodate for her, which will obviously make it easier for the next trans child who comes out in her high school. So. 
Oh, good for her. My goodness. What a courageous young lady. My goodness. Well, and, you know, I, I look at your book in its totality and I, got, I think, gosh, you know, how many people you're going to be helping with this book? And not only that, it's really shining a light on something everyone needs to know. I feel like everyone needs to read Found in Transition. I love how this also may impact your practice as a physician because think of all the young people that will, you know, be in your office someday. And if this, you know, difficult discussion comes up, you're prepared, you're ready to be there, be present and offer the best advice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that has changed um, a lot, you know, already, you know, I have, you know, I'm in a group with uh, eight other pediatricians and, you know, when things, when, you know, one of their patients, you know, says something to them, they um, become sort of the immediate go-to person for, in terms of like referral lists for, you know, therapists and support groups and, you know, just how, how to address things. And, um, you know, it's, it really uh, should become mandatory. So there should be some sort of mandatory training for all pediatricians, I think, and, and primary caregivers at, at this point, um, because we are going to see more kids and young adults come out. Um, and so, and yeah, it's definitely um, already affecting my practice. We'll, we'll continue to do so more. Uh, and I hope that um, other primary care physicians, if they haven't um, already started to learn more about this, um, that they do. I I hope that it becomes mandatory training in pediatric uh, residency and in in medical school. Um, It is not yet. um, So hopefully all that will change in the future. Well, they need to hand out your book to each med student. <laughs> As class starts, they get a new book <laughs> and yours is it. Well, Paria, where can our listeners connect with you and learn about your work and be part of your community? So I have a website, pariahasori.com. Um, there's a contact me link on there. Um, they can also subscribe to my newsletter. And if I, you know, publish something or do a podcast or anything like that, I put, you know, an interview, I put it on there. I'm also uh, fairly active on Instagram at LA, LA Paria. Um, so, but there's also a link to my Instagram and Twitter um, on my website, Paria History. Well, Paria, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show with us here today. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation and I really appreciate um, you sharing my book with your audience. Um, Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Paria. It has been such an honor to spend this time with you and to talk about your new book, Found in Transition. Found in Transition is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all indie retailers. And if you don't see it on the shelf, ask for them to order it. And of course, it's available on Kindle. Well, we're at the end of our time today. I would like to thank everyone for tuning in. You're listening to Moments with Marianne. And remember, make every moment count.
a single moment, your life can change. Moments with Marianne is a transformative hour that covers an endless array of topics with the best of the best. Her guests are leaders in their fields, ranging from inspirational authors, top industry leaders, and business and spiritual entrepreneurs. Each guest is gifted and a true visionary, a recognized leader in her own work. And while teaching others to develop, refocus, and grow, Marianne will bring the best guest and sometimes a special surprise. Don't miss this. You never know just which moment will change your life forever. Moments with Mary Ann airs every Sunday, Monday, Thursday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Make sure to tune in and visit momentswithmarianne.com for more information.